0: So we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 8. Please um, open there. We'll be reading verses 20 through 22. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Let's pray. Dear Father, we, uh, we come to your table, and in doing so, we, we want to be mindful of your grace. We don't want to have self-righteousness. We want to see... The truth of our need of you and of your provision for us. So guide us into that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when you drive around Omaha, many of you have seen um, a uh, a chain of nurseries called Earl May. There's a number of them around town. I'm sure Joel's very familiar. What you may not know is that that nursery started in a little town called Shenandoah, Iowa just 15 miles south of where we live. And, uh, and that town has, has a sign on the outside, you know, one when, when, where you change the letters on it. And, um, and it's had something on, the si- on that sign for about two months now. It's usually covered in snow, kind of dingy. And the sign says, spring is coming. And of course, that's, a, that's an encouragement to the locals. And it's also great advertising for a nursery but spring is coming, and I want us to see the grace in the seasons. He gives us seasons as a good thing, even though we are not good. So this, uh, <clears throat> this section that we're looking at in Genesis is the Noahic Covenant. And so we're just going to go into this and look at uh, verses 20 through 22. Verse 20, here we see where Noah cuts the covenant. You can, you can imagine that you know, Noah has just departed from the boat, no, Noah and his, and his family. And vegetation has started to grow again, but things are definitely different. The surface doesn't look as it used to. He's stepping into, in one sense, a new world. And he comes and he worships right away brings the sacrifice. You children, remember that Noah didn't just bring two animals, two by two, into the ark. He also brought groups of seven, right? Either seven individually or seven pairs. We're not exactly sure which it is. But that was for two purposes, for the sacrifices and for eating. So here, whenever Noah built an offer and offered the burnt offerings, it was some of those clean animals. Look at verse 21. And the Lord... Smell the soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. If you remember back in December, when Phil was taking us through chapter 21 of Revelation, it talked about, he talked about the new heaven and the new earth, and, and, and he proved there that the new earth doesn't come in a single cataclysmic event rather it is renewed it is transformed over time and and he used this section here as proof of that and i i think it's very good because the lord says he's never going to spite smite the earth the ground the way that he did in the past And so we're in the midst of that. We're in the midst of this world being, being renewed. The context of this is really an unfolding of the covenant of grace. And we don't have time to get into, into all of that now. Um, if really this section goes from 820 all the way until 9 verse 27. So the chapter break there is really kind of unfortunate I think. You really need to take that whole, this whole dealing with Noah uh, together. So we don't have time to do that, but I, I want us to look at something here in verse 21. See this, that he, he says he's never going to curse the ground for man's sake. And then he says, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, and then he says, nor again will I destroy every living thing as I have done. Do you see that pattern? Grace an acknowledgement of the depravity of man and grace. It's inescapable. Here we have a great picture of, of the Lord is well aware that the imagination of man is evil even from his youth, and yet He says, I'm going to bless you. That's it's an element of the covenant of grace. Well, let's look at verse 22. This is the primary thing I want to talk about. While earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Now, some people believe that seasons did not exist until the flood. Sometime in the flood, the, the Lord tilted the axis of the earth, and you, you guys talk to me at lunch and present that case to me. That I, I guess there's a case that can be made for that. But I want to suggest to you that seasons have always existed. And, and I'll, I'll walk you through why I think that. First of all, Genesis 1.14 says this. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heavens, of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So it seems at the surface that seasons were from the beginning. But I have to admit, the word used for seasons here, the, the Hebrew word, is ma'id. And that word primarily means appointed times and appointed meet, meetings. It's used mostly in the Old Testament for appointed times of feast. It, it is, however, used four times for seasons. So it could be for seasons here, but I, I just want to you know, let you know that it's not a really strong case. This verse is not a really strong case for seasons existing. It could be seasons, and it could just be a point appointed times. But the second thing I think is more powerful. Look at this verse again, verse 22. This is written in a certain form, a poetic form. It's either a Hebraic parallelism or a chiasm. So both of these things, though, have an operable characteristic in that they're powerful because of the similar relationships. In other words, a parallel is this, 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 and they're the same. That's the power and the meaning. And a chiasm is the same type of thing, but we know from Revelation, it's just the parallels go like this, right? Down to a certain point. So I think this is a chiasm. So let me walk you through that. Verse 22. While the earth remains. That pairs with day and night shall not cease. Seed time and harvest pairs with winter and summer. And in in the middle, we have cold and heat, which are two very basic properties of creation, right? Because it talks about energy. Cold and heat are energy states. We could talk to Trevor about that if he were here. But all these things that are in here, are mentioned in Genesis except for winter and summer. The earth is in the creation account. Day and night is certainly in the creation account. Sea time and harvest is there. Adam worked, worked the ground. Cold and heat is there in the, uh, in the properties of creation. So the only thing that's not there that we don't directly see in Genesis chapter one is winter and summer. But again, because this is a chiasm, because these things have similar properties I think it's a good case that winter and summer existed with creation. But even if you don't believe that that, they, that, that it was there in the good creation, at least we can say that it is a blessing now. Winter and summer, this comes in a series of blessings here. And I think that plays out in history. You know, the, um, the, the most agriculturally productive areas in the world are not the areas in the tropical region where, there's, where it's summer all the time. The, the most productive ones are actually in the uh, subtropic and temperate region, which is where we are. By the way, temperate doesn't mean that it's mild. Sometimes we say, well, it's a temperate climate. Temperate actually means that the, that the temperature is actually the opposite. It goes up and down quite a bit. And it's in these seasonal areas in the world that, that uh, is most productive in producing crops. China, U.S., uh, India, and Brazil. Now, you may think, well, maybe those are just most productive because they have the most people. That, that could be, except for the fact that those areas also have the most fertile soil. So these areas, these areas with the seasons, somehow produce fertile soil. You can see this real clearly. Just just look at a a satellite picture of Europe and of Africa, and you can see where the the vegetation is is very lush. And so this is an example of the the food that comes from the result of of seasons. But I want us to... to also think about the magnitude of what God is promising here. He says it will never cease. You know, the first mistake that I think a young couple makes is they over-promise things to their children. Your three-and-a-half-year-old daughter comes to you, three-and-a-half years old, and says, Daddy, I want a pony birthday. And you say, <laughs> you say sure, let's have a pony birthday. And then, you know, six months away, but as it gets closer, you realize, "Ah, I probably shouldn't have promised that. This is going to be a little harder to pull off. Look at the magnitude of what the Lord is talking about here. He's going to maintain all of these things as long as the earth remains. And it's not a problem for Him at all. It's a big promise. Climate change, yes. We have climate change. Every year we have climate change right on time. And the Lord just keeps it going. And all of this is knowing, with God knowing, that the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So the grace and the seasons comes to us. And, and I, I think that, that when we live our life, we ought, to, we ought to roll with the seasons. We ought to embrace the seasons. Make the vacation plans. Make the gardening plans. Plan to have our house remodeled at certain times. We can do all of this. Because even though we're evil, God is gracious to us and he gives us this regularity. And we need to remember that God does this in spite of the fact that he's well aware, he declares it, that our hearts, the imagination of our heart is evil. We also have regularity in every week and we come to the Lord's table. This bread and this wine comes to us because because of the seed time and harvest. You see, God's grace is all around us. So let's, let's just rejoice in that fact. He's put us into a structure that takes care of us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the seasons where we are so thankful that you give us these these times of cycles and refreshment and seed time and harvest and, um, and all of this, not because we deserve it, but in spite of the fact that we don't deserve it. You're so good to us. And, and uh, we, we thank you for the Lord <clears throat> bringing His grace to us specifically and saving us from our sins. And we pray in His name,